You are now listening to I Have No Personality, a personal journal of my thoughts as an overthinker speaking my truth about the circus called life. My experience as a young lady in her early 20s uncovering life's game through overthinking and living through the chaos. Hopefully through my thoughts, you find similarities that make you feel that you're not so alone in your own thoughts and you can finally be inspired to not fit into the box that society has created for you, but to be genuinely yourself. Hi babes, hi guys, welcome to another episode of I Have No Personality and I'm your host, Emali. On today's episode, join me as I think of how I am navigating womanhood, my journey and my experiences so far. Without going further into this episode, I would like to say thank you for listening to my previous episode and if you're joining me for the first time here, welcome. This is a show where I document my thoughts towards my personal experiences with life and unveil some of the life discoveries I have made and hopefully through my thoughts you get an insight of how the different people's journey has been through life. I am personally someone that loves to listen to people's story. I want to see what is out there, the kind of life people are living that is very different from mine. I love to explore different cultures. And I know there are people that are also inquisitive about other people's, you know, life and what they have experienced or encountered throughout their life journey. And this is just an insight into my own journey. I was inspired to share my journey through womanhood being that in few days time prior to release of this episode it would be international women's day so i want to embrace that date that i look forward to celebrations like last week was valentine's day and i was on instagram searching for how people are gifting their spouse and how people are celebrating and Definitely, Instagram did not disappoint. One of my love languages is gifting. I feel like when you give someone something that is well thought out, it's just beautiful. Personally, I try to outdo myself every year. (laughs) I pride myself in giving people like the best gift that they need. I think the best kind of gift is like what the person genuinely needs and what you're capable of giving. Those are the two essence of gifting, if you ask me as someone that is a huge gift giver, those are the two essence. It's not about how big, it's not about how expensive, just how thoughtful the gift is. One of my most like memorable gifts that I have given was when the new iPhones came out and I was able to get them for my parents. I felt so proud of myself that I was able to do that for them, honestly. It still makes me giggle. <laughs> Not to forget, one of the most memorable gifts I have received was money. I think money as a gift is very resourceful, but it can also transmit as lazy. Yeah, so it depends on the individual you're gifting. This Valentine, one thing that I noticed that was highlighted was self-love. 
I got myself flowers for Valentine just to have that ambience of there's a celebration happening because I knew I was going to spend it alone. But also on social media, I saw a lot of people post about putting themselves first. And I think self-love is very important. And I'm happy. It's very empowering to know that you're able to uplift yourself, that you're comfortable in your own skin and you're happy about who you are and who you're working to become that is self-love right and it's a very magical feeling and having that and being able to share that with someone that you admire equally is a wonderful thing and that's where you know love for others come in which brings me to today's topic to start off today's episode i will be reading a paragraph from chimamanda's book Dear Ejawili, a feminist manifesto. And it goes, Be a full person. Motherhood is a glorious gift, but do not define yourself solely by motherhood. Be a full person. Your child will benefit from that. The pioneering American journalist Marilyn Sandals, who was the first woman to report from Vietnam during the war and who was the mother of a son, once gave this piece of advice to a young journalist. Never apologize for working. You love what you do, and loving what you do is a great gift to give your child. I read from this book because I studied this book a few days ago. I came across this paragraph. This paragraph really highlighted something for me that has a relation to this topic. On my journey to womanhood, one of the things I realized was womanhood in our society is often synonymous to motherhood. It is often seen as the same and that is why there are social words like motherly instincts. Why don't you have motherly instincts? She doesn't look like someone with a motherly instinct. And when motherly instinct is being used, it's often to a lady who, who isn't even a mom. In some cases, you know, they are mothers, but most times they're not. Thinking that this is why women often take up motherly roles in other adults' life, other than their children, even when they're not even mothers. So this was what I realized in my journey, that the way society, oh, you have to be nurturing. But biology and science tells me that my maternal instinct doesn't kick in until the baby is born i think this is very biased because our male counterparts are not told to aspire for fatherly instinct and not to make this some sort of gender comparison but i believe that we all deserve equal chances of existing and living a full life and societal constructs have stopped women for the longest time from living those dreams because oh women cannot do this women cannot do that this is the place of the woman but our male counterparts are not often told their place in life rather they are told to conquer and occupy this was what i discovered during my journey because a lot of times i got shot down like you can't do that and why can't I do that because I am a woman just that is the reason and taking it back to my childhood I never had this 
ideas, right? And that is why it was a shock to me. Growing up in Eastern Nigeria, where the male child is very valuable, my dad had five girls and no son. <laughs> but in all this, my dad never made us feel like we were less valuable than the son he didn't have. Oftentimes when people would even suggest that, he would shut them down. He never pressured or demeaned my mom for not giving him a son because he's Leonard. He knew that biology, obviously, X chromosome, Y chromosome occurs. So he never did that. Rather, he empowered us. He would buy educational programs for us to watch. I remember this program on HP laptop that we would use to learn how to type. My dad got that laptop for us so we could learn how to type. My dad was just like always pushing us to be those brilliant girls. He would often throw names like Ngozi Okonju, Rally, Dora Kunili as a standard that we should aspire to. So right from a very young age, I already knew my standard was Minister of Finance director of NAFDAQ that was where it was <laughs> because I had a dad that wanted brilliant girls I feel like his part of it also came from the fact that he wanted to prove to people that women could do it so my orientation about motherhood was what you did after you've gotten married and marriage for me was something I would do after I have become the Dora Kumili and Nkozi Okunju rally that my dad wanted me to be. So it has always been that. And I think my sisters had that mindset too. But, you know, socialization, change of environment. I went to a boarding school. I started mixing with different ideas of what a woman should be. And that's when I realized that women do not have the high raki that I thought we did. And those women in those high places that my dad always wanted us to aspire to, they really fought so hard to get there. So this was like a discovery to me. Honestly, I was like shocked. I would always like fight back because I, these are, these are my values. This was what was taught to me by my dad. So I would always fight back and challenge people. I also challenged the idea that a child is supposed to bear the father's name, the father's son name solely. I always said that if I got married, I would want my kids to have my son name and my husband's son name as their son name to keep the trail of the third generation. You cannot cut off, like traditionally where I'm from, if you get married to a woman, you're buying her, which also, I don't buy that idea. You're not buying anybody. You don't, your parents don't even own you to sell you. If those traditions could be adjusted to like, monetary assistance, wedding arrangements, or just let it make more sense. You were giving this money to help appease the gods and help do traditional things, but not to buy, not to buy that individual. And I think this is why a lot of men, after they get married in the East where I grew up, they have this entitlement to their wives in the sense that the woman does not have any freedom she needs permission from her husband to to function but it's not vice versa the husbands do not require the same um, security clearance to participate in life games and to live their life freely 
With these traditions in place, already giving women the idea that if you get married, you're going to be owned by a man, it also gives women the idea to prepare for giving up certain aspects of things that they desire or they want just to accommodate marriage. And this is why women are socialized to see womanhood as motherhood. The most appreciated and often most visible aspect of womanhood is usually the physical aspects, the hair, the nails, the mannerism of speaking, the clothing. And this aspect is often weaponized against women. I stopped modeling three years ago. But while I was modeling and getting my makeup done and dressing up on a weekly basis, I found the male gaze. The male gaze is a very, very terrible place to view yourself from as a woman. And I also discovered that that was a challenge as a woman into this society. The male gaze portrays women in a way that empowers men, but also diminishing and sexualizing women. I discovered that you are not only going to be looked at with the male gaze by a man, you can also look at yourself with the male gaze, I saw myself thinking, okay, men don't like women that post like this or like that share these kind of pictures because I was dating at the time and I cared what my partner thought about my appearance. A lot of people can relate to if you had a partner, you would want to match their fly or, you know, wear something that you would represent them well because you're now in a couple. But fuck that. I wish I knew that they matter. I'm glad I realized now that it doesn't matter what you wear. I always admired women that could have the courage to post a nice bikini picture or do a clad shoot. I'm like, oh my goodness, I wish I could do this. But I, but what was stopping me? Nothing. Nothing except from the me- mental block and hold that the male gaze had on me. The mental, you're not wife material. That is overly sexy. That a woman that this kind of picture is not uh, morally disciplined only to realize during my research that morality has nothing to do with clothing i always knew morality had nothing to do with clothing but not for me i mean i would appreciate other women doing that but i would never do that and i wanted to do that ending my relationship with someone that would overly be so irritant to me wearing anything clad but yet um would stare at people that were clad he would demean my character and call me degrading names if i ever shared or like tried to get sexual with my own partner so it ached me it irritated me because i couldn't express myself fully sexually i'm young My hormones are raging. I want to be with my partner, someone that I care about and someone I wanted to explore with, but they would always turn it out to be very shameful. That really hurts me for the longest time. But leaving that relationship, I was able to figure out as a growing woman, what are the things that I like? And one of the things that made me figure that out, I'm going to be forever grateful to the fact that I moved to France. The women here and the way they dress, because I think when you move to a particular city, your Instagram explore page changes to like people in that city. 
I started seeing different people dress a certain way. Not that I haven't seen, but I just didn't see myself in it. So being in a new place, I'm like, nobody knows me here, so I can actually wear what I want. I remember the day I wore like a really nice crop top with no bra and a white bomb shorts and my sneakers and a hat. I looked so cool. It was during the summer, like a few weeks after I moved to France. I was walking on the road. Nobody looked at me weird. I looked good. I felt good. I didn't feel like people were staring at me or... I remember calling my best friend and I was like, oh my goodness, I feel so sexy. I can now post a picture of my boobs online and not feel any way about it. It's just freaking boobs. I could post a picture of my butt now and I don't think anything of it. And that feels good. And my best friend is someone that she's very open about her sexual expression. She is extremely gorgeous and she has a beautiful black skin. So she even owns a swimwear line. So she loves to be free with her body and wear like really sexy clothing and like tongs. But I never saw myself doing it. And I didn't know why. So she was really shocked when I called her. I was like, oh my God, I cannot post a picture of my boobs. And she looked at me like, oh, you could have posted before. <laughs> that statement she made made me realize, oh my God, you've been living in this societal hold for the longest time. You've been living in this societal hold and that's just because you didn't want to look a certain way to a demographic of people. To give you more context of how I discovered that this same yardstick is not given to our male counterparts is a few weeks ago a sex tape of a Nigerian artist was released and it was from a guy. A lot of people were so, oh my god, he looks good. It was, there's like they were praising him. But prior to that, a few months back, the same happened to a female artist and a lot of people are like, oh, what would your son do when he grows up to see you like this? Or what are you teaching young girls? Women are held at a higher moral standard than men, which I think is very problematic in our society because this gives women the sense of responsibility. Like I said earlier, gives us that sense of responsibility even before we become mothers you see young girls at 15 already shaping their character to or molding their character to fit into society's standard of what a proper moral wife material should be i think the the end game is usually like the wife thing not like being a full woman a full functioning adult woman in a society that could contribute equally but a woman that would always support and would always be under the male counterparts. You can see how this womanhood, motherhood, and being a wife has been meshed all in one. And your training starts immediately you're born. You're like from the Eastern Nigeria where I come from, you're taught to sweep like a woman, dress like a woman, act like a woman, cross your leg, close your legs, don't talk like that, don't shout, women don't do this. While all this training is going on, you are being geared up for your greatest achievement, which they call marriage. But this ain't true. And this is why you see a lot of women that get married at a very young age and think they will feel fulfilled, but end up not feeling fulfilled because they haven't found what they genuinely want to do with their life. Or because society has told them that marriage is the greatest achievement a woman can have and your character is being formed and you are personally taking up that role of being a wife. A mother. What about being a woman? 
What about being your genuine, authentic self? What about being what you are before you get to marriage? What about being a woman before you start popping babies? Because society has been shaped in this way, and I think that stems from the fact that before the human evolution, we needed physical strength to survive, and men were obviously the demographic with more physical strength than women but that has changed our society has evolved to the point that we have female bodybuilders these women look so gorgeous and strong i'm not just saying strong they look physically fit and ripped they look like if they sat on you they'll crush your skull so to put this in here i was a bit skeptical because i i don't want to receive any criticism but i'm not scared of criticism so i'm going to include this here the conversation about transgender women not being real women is another social construct. Obviously, the biological differences can't be denied, but our society has also evolved to the point that the male sex organ can now be changed to the female sex organ so people can fully transition both mentally and physically to becoming a woman and that brings me to say that when you identify as something you're obligated to have an idea of what those things are and what they mean i mean growing up christian identifying as a christian in legal documents and even countless verbal confirmations to people like oh yeah i'm a christian i knew i was going to be put in situations to defend my christianity and to prove it and most of the attempts left me feeling defeated and disappointed in myself and not being Christian enough to some people, right? But at the end of the day, as the scripture said, it's about what is on the inside. I knew the challenges that came with being a Christian. And keeping that in mind, just keep that in mind. If you identify as a woman, just know that identifying as a woman, like just the way I identify as a Christian, identifying as a woman means that you're obligated to know the challenges that come with that identity and the consequences and the experiences of people in that identity. And that is why the Bible teaches about the story of Paul and Jesus, other Christians, to show you the life they lived. I think you're obligated to find out other stories of people that have lived as women your own story the story of a transgender woman is obviously different because they've once lived as men and enjoyed the privileges that came with being a man but that doesn't take away from the experiences they have faced as identifying as a woman like i said i am a lover of people's experiences i am inquisitive to learn about other people's experiences so are transgender women women yes they are women. It's not a, It's not even a conversation to have. Yes, they are women because they identify as women. I feel the crossroads appear when transgender women only look to perfect the biological and physical aspects of identifying as a woman, but refuse to identify with the problems and the challenges that women face in our society. The experience of transgender women are very valid because they've once lived life as men and enjoyed these privileges. So they know what it feels like to be on the other side of gender and now transitioning into this gender they could become allies and help break this societal standard instead of just focusing on do i look like a woman when people see me are the first things they see you know this is a woman they cannot recognize that my past i was a man and this is very problematic to give you an instance i came across a video of a beautiful woman on TikTok. She's newly married and of South Indian origin. Her content was filled with like 
videos of her in evening dresses standing beside her husband with captions of her defending her identity as a woman this video would often like include her speaking on her appearance and how her appearance does not give away that she's transgender then some videos would be with her husband standing beside her showing off her ring that if she's not a real woman would she be married this is to show you how deep this gender role and expectations that society has for women has gotten deep to the fact that a transgender woman is having a similar experience to what we've always spoken up against as women the presence of her husband in those videos was to validate her identity as a woman and this is what women all over the world experience you are as valuable as the male figure beside you and again the male gaze we shape our life to fit into that gaze which i think men and women in general have equal you know rights to contribute to our society i don't believe anybody is more valuable than anybody due to the fact that they have a genital that is different from that of the general public your genitals do not contribute to how efficient you can be in today's society masa said that she had a lot of trolls in her comment section trying to demean her and say some nasty things to her so i get why she would want to defend herself in that essence which she has every right to people can be very mean you know and this is you know what i realized in my journey that no matter how much you try to prove to them that you are a woman in the society it doesn't matter until you have like a man beside you or there's a man representing you it's almost like our society don't think women are capable and that is very sad this my journey has been discovering all these things like i said and navigating my way through it but what i came to was self acceptance unapologetically being a woman i cannot change the fact that i am a woman and there is nothing that i could do about it knowing that in a society that sees genitalia as a determinant of someone's capability i i had to find a way to navigate a society like this and what did i do i just accepted myself i came to the fact i became unapologetic about who i was i am a woman and i'm going to make mistakes and i'm not going to be as natural or as gentle or my voice wouldn't sound this way i wouldn't dress in all pink all the time and that is okay i even prefer wearing trousers it's just more comfortable to be honest <laughs> like i would wear my trousers with my heels my sneakers slippers sandals like trousers goes with everything every freaking thing that's why i love it but you know there's some cuts of skirts that you can't really wear with sneakers it's just you would just look weird right so i prefer trousers anyway <laughs> i just went on a, like a long conversation with myself about trousers that is so fantastic <laughs> okay back to what i was saying so you would never be woman enough for this society and that's okay 
and that is why I'm making this podcast to celebrate my journey and your journey to womanhood too if you're a woman listening to my voice and if you're a guy it's just to create you know a space in your head or like give you this information I mean you cannot hear it now you've heard this you cannot hear it so now it's stuck in your brain somewhere and eventually that will create a reaction for you to be more open-minded to the struggle that your female counterparts face in today's society with that i would love to end today's episode with saying happy international women's day to every woman out there in the world that's navigating womanhood i hope your journey becomes one of self-acceptance self-love and embracing your womanhood to the fullest and not viewing yourself and gauging yourself a societal standard of what a woman should be but what you feel as a woman and how you want to express your womanhood as always i've put together a wonderful playlist for you to celebrate this episode the lyrics of some of the songs in the playlist is to empower you and help you be unapologetic about the woman that you're becoming and the woman that you are thank you for tuning in and until next time bye